Hello and welcome to podcast. I always <laughs> want to do that. Hello, welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, Fuck Me Dead! I'm CJ. And I'm Amanda. That was probably a bit echoey. We do apologize. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really sorted out the acoustics of the new room. Yeah, this is the first time we're recording since we moved, and this is a really big room. With, with no, no carpet, carpet on the floors, which apparently was helping a lot. We didn't realize. Yeah, so no carpet. There's not actually a whole lot in here either. It's kind of like two desks, a bookcase... And, and a rug. A, yeah, and a rug that's apparently doing nothing for our echoing issues, so apologies. Hopefully we can have that sorted out by next week. We'll try. We'll try. We're not sure what we're going to do yet. No, I'm not sure. But we'll figure it out. Acoustic foam on everything. <laughs> we wear acoustic foam suits. <gasps> we should totally do that. You don't want to film it under the blanket. Imagine how hot it'll be in an acoustic foam suit. I know. I mean, our first idea to fix the echoing was to do it under a blanket. You know what we did differently with the blanket the second time and it didn't work better anymore? Is I had unfolded it so it was only one layer. So you think that's the problem? Maybe. I'm not going to change it now. Okay, good, because I do not, don't want to do it. I don't want to do the blanket fort podcast. Blanket fort podcast? Good. It kind of hurt my head. Yeah, while the blanket fort sounds good in theory, it was really hot. It's quite humid today. <laughs> and I can't think of anything worse. I would have done it, but it didn't really work as well as we'd hoped. It was going to take a so. while. Yeah, so we're going to figure it out, and we're going to just, fingers crossed, this isn't too echoey to the point of annoyance. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> now let's begin the show, baby. I was going to say, I can think of plenty of other things to say. Oh, okay. What like, would you like to say? It's It's been like two weeks since we actually sat down and recorded, and there's been plenty oh, of things that happened in that time. longer than that, hasn't it? No, it's been two weeks since we last recorded. Has it only been two weeks? Yeah. It like so much longer. I know, that's because there's been a billion things that happened in that time. <laughs> so obviously the biggest thing is that we moved house, yeah. which we love our new place. Uh, we handed in the keys for our old place yesterday. Yes. And I'm so bye, glad to see bye, the back of it. House. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the water feature in the kitchen, I'm not... It's expanded. It's expanded and I'm not going to miss it like at all. <laughs> we have a new water feature in the kitchen. It's our washing machine. The cats aren't too short to think about it. Yeah, they've never seen a front loader before. I think I think the thing that freaks them out is they can see the spinning and they don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cats, we've got one that's sick. Maybe. Mark. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with her. But <laughs> it turned 10. Yes. And the other one turned 10 because they're, uh, what are they? They're geriatrics now. <laughs> uh, you had surgery? I did. I had a lobotomy. You did not have a lobotomy. But you did have surgery. I had a microfiber optic chip put in my brain to increase cognitive. Oh, my cognitive. God. <laughs> no, I had a mole that was probably nothing removed from my head. It hurts a lot. Not so I don't know. Like, that sounds like it's not a big deal, but it kind of was a bigger deal than we thought it was going to be. Definitely. I thought, like, oh, by day two, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be, I was like, it'll, the wound will hurt. But then I woke up the next day. I'm like, wow, I feel like I've had an axe put to my head. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't go to work. And uh, most of the day I was like, oh, I should have just gone to work today. This isn't that bad. And then I went out to buy us lunch and some ant baits because we got ants. And it was the most excruciating trip I've ever been on. I'm sorry. I think it was just because like, I went to the first Coles and they didn't even have cooked chickens. What the fuck? <laughs> kind of Coles doesn't <laughs> what, what have Coles a cooked chicken. What Coles doesn't have a cooked chicken? Like, what? Yeah. Should write my own article for this podcast. <laughs> um, we can start a website where it's just like your yeah. musings of general things that happen in our area. <laughs> yeah. It was like hazy and shit. And I was just like, ah. Oh. And then I got myself a beer, I think. Yeah, you did. We might tell that story. What story? Well, you spilled my beer by mistake and I was... Oh, come on. It was an accident. I didn't I mean know. it. I know. Show them up to the cats. It would have been funny. <laughs> I just made three stents on Steam selling a trading card. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's... I want to say that's all that happened, but I mean, that's actually quite a lot <laughs> that's happened since we last actually recorded. And again, like, apologies for missing a week. Uh, my PC wasn't set up. I couldn't edit. Like, there's just... It, yeah, we it did, couldn't Even happen. if we had the time, I don't think we would have had it. Like, even if it was set up, I don't think we had the time. No. Well, I mean, we, the reason it wasn't set up is because we didn't have time to set it up. Yeah, like, we so. moved in here like, oh, we don't have internet for a week. And then I don't think either of us set our computers up to, like, day three or four anyway. Yeah. And then even then, I never got really got a chance to use it. No, because, so. like... I mean, we didn't take any time off work or anything. Yeah. It was kind of 
We didn't have a lot of time. And I mean, we're still not totally unpacked. I'll sort out those boxes eventually. I was going to say almost. We're almost unpacked. We're almost settled. There's a few things lying around and we're just kind of like, why is this here? But we don't know what to do. Like those yeah. little things. I don't even know what you've done with them now. I hid them in a wardrobe. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to say that or outside. <laughs> After all of that. Episode eight. We beat the filter. <laughs> Woo! So the filter is a... It's not really a filter. <laughs> It's, I, I, I like to think of it as the podcast version of the great filter of civilization. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that theory of like, it's an explanation for why there's no other, um, we haven't discovered any other sentient life in the universe? No, I Any haven't. life in the universe? Basically, the idea is that, I mean, I think, why can't we just be the first universe? Isn't that old? But um, the idea being that at some point, every civilization encounters a great filter that wipes them out. Okay. So either we're still to approach the filter and we're all doomed, or we're the first civilization in the nearby universe to get past the filter. Okay, I want to believe it's the second. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so some things like nuclear war, or they destroy themselves in some way. There's some big thing that every civilization has to overcome. And if they do it, they go through. And if they don't, they get wiped out. And that's why they don't exist. So, I mean, maybe the Cold War was our great filter. Who knows? I mean, I feel like comparing podcasting to the end of civilization... Kind of not comparable, but... No, but for the, for the continuity of a podcast, isn't yes. statistically, they got to get past episode seven, ergo, the great filter. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently if you get past episode seven, you're doing better than 90% of podcasts that get started. So we've we've passed it. This we, is it. We did it. Get to episode 10 and then retire on a high. Oh, God. <laughs> We're not stopping at episode 10. Will uh, we ever do season breaks? Um, I'm not really intending to. But, I mean, we'll see what happens, I guess. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's sustainable. We'll see, I guess. So I guess let's start this episode nearly 10 minutes in. <laughs> nice. Um, I got three stories today. I assume you also have three stories because we always only ever have three stories. Yep. That's the format. <laughs> My first story is kind of not fun. Maybe we should get that out of the way, then you go first. Okay. My other two stories are a bit more lighthearted, so. Okay, cool. How Kangaroo Island is rehabilitating their burned kangaroos. So this is an article from Vice by a Joe Patterson. And it's one of those, you know, like when North journalist goes and they do like, they saw like, they go on the trip and they're like, my story. Or like, they write a report about what they saw and stuff kind of yes. thing. So it's kind of one of those, but you know, obviously. I know that there's an actual better. word for that, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. I want to say editorial, but I don't think that's right. Yeah, I don't know. So I'd really recommend, I mean, we'll link it. Just go read the article. It's pretty interesting. There are lots of images, unfortunately, of injured animals and uh, one really though. charred kangaroo. So, Oh, is that the one in the fence? Not the one in the fence, no. Because that was terrible. That was a different one. This one just sits like, on the ground. Kind of looks like something out of, like, Pompeii. Mm, I don't mm. like that. Yeah, so uh, Kangaroo Island caught fire. Don't know if you heard. Um, I heard. Uh, I feel like everyone who lives in Australia probably heard. Yeah. So, so, January 3rd, 2020, a change in wind turned what was apparently a somewhat controlled fire into a huge blaze that destroyed nearly 70 homes, uh, killed two people, despite what Scott Morrison would have you believe. Even though he believed no one died. Uh, and obviously wiped out a ton of wildlife. So it's tragic not just for the people on the island. 5,000 people live there, apparently. I don't think it's a big island. It's bigger than I thought it was. I had to go look it up where it was. It is like just off the coast of um, Adelaide, basically, or South Australia, sorry. It was discovered by, I think I actually go into it, but uh, Matthew Flinders of Flinders Street. Oh, right. Okay. He discovered the island back in way back when the fuck he was sitting around in his boat. Uh, and he went past it and he's like, and the person like probably ate the kangaroos while he was there as well. And I'm like, probably, but there was just grey kangaroos all over it. He's like, kangaroo island. I mean, it says, it, it is what it says in the box. <laughs> it's what it says on the tin. Uh, yeah. So Kangaroo Island Wildlife Park became the island's triage center for wildlife. So there's a big pop-up medical tent there, like what you see in like war movies. Mm-hmm. And there's a surrounded by all these boxes of donations from people and stuff like that. And there's army reserves on site helping out. The army got called in. So it really probably does look like a little war movie scene. Uh, so he spoke a lot to a Bill Dunlop. He's a park manager. And quoting here, we've basically converted every horizontal service we have to a treatment area. We are set up to accept any and all wildlife from across the island. So the tet was sent... The tet. The tet. The tet. The tet. <laughs> the tent. Uh, that was actually set up by a group called Savem, which sounds probably New Guinean to me because it sounds like Savi or Savem, one of them. But uh, it's the South Australian Veterinary Emergency Management. So mm-hmm. I want to know... 
did they work out the acronym first? Or did they just be <laughs> or like, it oh, hey. just like, this is what it is? Yeah. So they set the tent and inside uh, our reporter, Joe, well, not our reporter, but Vice's reporter, Joe, uh, he brought, he was seeing vets in there and they'd been doing like 15 plus hour shifts and stuff. Shit. Just like treating koalas for burns to their paws, hmm. uh, noses and eyes. Unfortunately, yes, yeah, some of them are too injured to be healed. There's just too many animals. So, quoting Bill here again, with the influx of animals we're having, we have to triage them to have any chance of saving the most number. So, basically, it's save the one, I mean, that's how a triage is, isn't it? It's like, save the minor injuries, get them all sorted. Yeah. Do what you can for the ones who are in a lot of trouble and see if you can get to them later. Um, it's mostly actually koalas on Kangaroo Island that have been affected. So, the name has misled us? No. Okay. Kangaroo Island and is home to thousands of koalas and kangaroos. It's actually like a real just natural haven for wildlife because the residents, they never really hunted them or anything like that. Okay. So, like, the numbers there have always been really, really good. Like, you could just, like, walk down the backyard and it's like, fucking koalas and shit there, apparently. But unfortunately, it was the koala's habitat that got most destroyed. So that's why right. most of the injuries are to koalas. Plus, like, kangaroos are pretty quick. They could probably- Koalas can't run that no. well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. So koalas actually lost 80% of their island and habitat. Oh, no. Yeah, so they've got orphaned koala joeys there sleeping like baby cots. Oh. Uh, all latched onto the arms of their carers. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Uh, so again, quoting Bill, In my opinion, there's no tougher animal in this world than the kangaroo. Some have come in here with their feet burned all the way to the bone. Oh my god. So, uh, it's pretty impressive that they got out, but there, that's, that's messed up. Like That's awful. These poor animals. Bill is concerned, however, that some species on the island have probably gone extinct entirely. So he mentioned something called a kangaroo island Dunnet or Dunart. I don't know how to say it. I've never heard of this. What animal. on earth is it? What is it, Dunart? Yeah. Well, there's more than just the Kangaroo Island one, thankfully. So they're not like totally extinct. Not totally extinct, but the Kangaroo Island one might be gone. It's basically a marsupial mouse. Oh. Yeah. Because I looked, I'm like, oh, this is a mouse, and I googled it. But no, it's basically they're like it's sort of like a European grey mouse. They're really small and cute, but they're a marsupial. So it's got a little pouch. Oh. In okay. there. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of them either. Are they're they, tiny. I mean, they're obviously native. They're native to Australia. Um, I mean, that particular one, they were only first described in 1960s. So wow, okay. Well, I guess if it just looks like a mouse. People are probably like, mouse. That's a mouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a mouse over there. Yeah. But no, it's a little mouse with like really long tail and it's, it's a marsupial. It's got a little pouch. Okay. I didn't look too much into them because I was trying to get notes done last minute, but I was like, oh, I done it. <laughs> New animal. There's over in here. A donut is basically a marsupial mouse. Which we... Just explained. The more you know. <laughs> uh, so, Bill himself, he's got a home on the island, as you can probably imagine, when he works there. Uh, so, he stayed and defended his home from the fire with the park. Uh, he did manage to save his home, but I'm pretty much just quoting Bill a lot in this, because I thought he had some good words to say, and I don't want to just rip it off. So, uh, I'll quote Bill again. It's been horrendous just as a person on the island. I feel the island is dying. And sure, I haven't lost my house yet, but sometimes it feels like a matter of when, not if. It's so important that people come back to this island once it's all finished. If they don't, we won't survive. And if we aren't here, then what will happen to the 600 species of native Australian animals that live here? It's very depressing. It is all kind of that. I, the article goes on a bit further because, um, as Joe and his cameraman, who he does mention in the article, but I forgot to mention this, so he was there too, uh, they're gonna go leave, right? So like, they've had the tour of the island, they're like, right, well, it's time to go back and write about our article. And on the way out, the wind changes again, and some small embers pick up and start new flare-ups. So they're on the way out, and they're like driving down a road, and all these fires start flaring up, and they end up helping a couple of, like, a local family. With a guy named Jack and his family who like fight the fires. So they spend an hour fighting the fires, like just little flare-ups, putting them out kind of thing. Mm. Um, and in the meantime, like Jack was mentioning to his wife that, well, to Joe, that him and his wife had been planting like stuff for the wallabies and stuff for a long time. He pointed somewhere else that burnt down entirely like a few years prior. And he's like, look at it now. It's fine. Like it's, he, he's optimistic the island will grow back. No problem. Yeah. Um, but he also said the next eight to 12 months will be where we find out if the island survives or dies. So that's a so, I mean, is that a possibility that just like there'll be nothing? I think the problem for them, I think the wildlife will recover. Maybe not all the species because the ones wiped out. So the plant life will come back. Mm. I think they're more worried about, I feel like the island relies a lot on probably tourism. Yeah. And I don't know what other industry would really be on the island. So for them, maybe it's like, can we still have people living on it in 12 months time kind of thing? Yeah. It doesn't okay. recover. Kangaroo Island. Uh, I will admit, I think I've seen, um, I won't, will admit, I will advise, I have seen, like, I think there's a bit of a campaign for domestic tourism at the moment. Yeah, definitely. In Australia, they're trying to push it to get people to go back in these areas that have been infected to get more money into the economy. I'm like, that's fair enough. So, if you're in South Australia, maybe go visit Kangaroo Island. The article was written, like, they went on January 4th or something, or 5th. 
And he said, like, it's been a few weeks since and, like, people don't really talk about the fires at the moment anymore. It's kind of moved on from when we were last podcasting. Yeah, because um, at the time, like, when we did I mean, an episode on the bushfires, like, people had just died. That's all there was in the media. And now it's yeah. biggest uh, downpour since the 90s, apparently, is hitting the yeah. east coast of Australia and places are flooding. And we might be getting a locust plague. Is God angry with us? What did we do? Look, I'm not going to say anything there before I upset people. Yeah, so, because I was reading while I was looking for articles today, a locust plague is hitting Africa at the moment. Because late last year, a couple of months ago, they got hit by two years worth of rain in one day. Mm. Don't even know how that could happen, but climate's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and how locust eggs work are they come and swarm, right? Because the locust is not a common occurrence. They occur no. in like cycles. So they swarm, eat all the shit, plant their eggs in the ground. The eggs just like dormant. Mm. Until there's a big downpour of rain. Okay. And then that activates the eggs and then they germinate or whatever for like two months and then they come out. So in two months time because of all this rain, we might get hit by a locust plague. You heard it here first. Maybe. <laughs> That's just like smart on the locust part. Yeah. Because that gives it two months of all that growth. Like I'm like, yeah, what a great adaptation. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but I'm also like, awesome. So look forward to broccoli prices staying at $8 a kilo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if that's the worst thing that happens, I think that's okay. Um, <laughs> no, it'll be most fruit and veg and stuff yeah. will get really expensive. I mean, that's look, that's also not the first time that that's happened, though. No. We have had floods in Queensland before because a lot of farms are in Queensland. Yeah. And we've had floods in there before. Well, I mean, and- we had a locust plague back in I was going to say, we've also had plagues ago. before. They do happen here. Thankfully, the locusts we have here aren't as bad as the ones that they got in Africa. The ones in Africa apparently eat, like, two grams of food. Well, like they eat their like equivalent to their body weight in food a day, and you're like, oh, that's not much for a locust. But each swarm of locust has like, yeah, there's like billions of locusts. So I think they're so like in an acre of locusts, it's about the equivalent of thirty five thousand people eating. Jesus. Yeah. Do you remember? Um. Oh, would you be have that? Would you have been living in Australia at the time? Do you remember the Bogan moth plague? Vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking terrifying. I'm not usually scared of moths, but I remember there was like we were. Um, we went to a concert at the Horton Pavilion, mm. and I don't know if you remember the car park there, but it's this massive thing, and it's like heaps of levels. And uh, we had just been to a concert there, and we're trying to leave, and there was like a line of cars trying to get out, and the whole car was just covered in moths and more of them attacking the car. And I'm like, am I going to get out of here alive? Like, I don't know. Actually, had a security studies <laughs> to monitor. They had moth, bogan moths sending it off yeah. all the time, actually. Like, we always had them, yeah. but they were just like that year for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, like so many of them. It was crazy. Those aren't the reason I'm afraid of some moths. The moths I'm afraid of live back in New Guinea and they're the size of a dinner plate. Yeah, no, fuck that. It didn't do anything. It just sat outside on our wharf like a week and a half, but I would not use that door. I was terrified of it. It was really pretty actually in hindsight. Very, very nice moth. It was huge though. Fucking huge. I was going to say, I'm not usually afraid of insects that can't hurt me. But when they're getting to the size of a dinner plate, I might change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just a little Like, I'm over it now. If a moth comes in now, I'm like, oh, God damn it, there's a moth in my fucking house. Yeah. But it's not like cockroaches or I'm still I don't like afraid. cockroaches, but I'm not afraid of them so I much. Am. Okay, well, I guess I'm killing Childhood the cockroaches. Childhood trauma. I thought that was the deal. You get the cockroaches, I get the spiders. Yeah, I don't like spiders. Spiders are fine. They can hurt you. They're fine. Well, most of them can't, but that's not the point. Like that little jumpy boy I had to help outside <laughs> the other day. No. <laughs> Okay, so my first story um, is very topical at the moment because it involves talk of coronavirus. It involves the coronavirus, but it's not about the coronavirus. Are you going to mention the pangolins? The what? The pangolins. What the fuck is that? It's a really cute little armadillo-looking motherfucker from, like, Africa and Asia. Uh, It's it's starting to be... It's probably the animal the coronavirus actually came from. Interesting. They're the most trafficked animal in the world. Poor little creatures. So think like an armadillo, but instead of like when it rolls up, it's got more like scale mail armor from like right. medieval times. That's a pangolin. They've tested like a hundred thousand species and all like that. Not a hundred thousand, a thousand species. And it's 99% matched to the virus that the pangolins carry. Interesting. So it looks like uh, black bark animal trade is possibly what's caused the pangolin virus. Uh, sorry, the coronavirus that came from pangolins. I mean, if you're really concerned about the coronavirus, the good news is the pangolins are highly endangered. So, they may not be around for much longer. Yeah, but the virus is passing between humans. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> okay. No. But, I mean, I don't think the... Van- the like, I feel like it's one of these ones where, like, the pangolins probably aren't affected by it as much as humans are. So they're yeah. probably used to it. Probably like a common cold to them. I mean, it really just is, isn't it? It's just like a bad cold. Well, I mean, they keep comparing the stats from the flu 
and the flu is so much worse, but we don't lose our minds over that every year. The flu happens every year. We, we're jaded to it. I guess. It's like these fires, if they continue like that in like five years time, we're just going to be like, yeah, whatever. It's so sad though. Yeah, it is. In a way, when you think about it, that you just get used to things being terrible. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. So it's not directly about the coronavirus, but it sort of is at the same time. So I'm not going to tell you anything about the virus in this story. So don't worry. So I got this story from the Daily Mail. And it was written by Alicia Rouse, which I think we've used her stories before. So thanks, Alicia. This story is about a Facebook group. And I don't know if you've heard this better. It's pretty funny. But Maybe? Okay. Pretty funny in a way that people actually got injured. But like, what the fuck is wrong with these people also? Let me start. Sorry. Um, this story starts in a Facebook mother's group, but it ends with a brawl. I might have heard about this. I feel like you might have because... I think I saw... I heard it or saw it briefly on Twitter as I was scrolling, but yeah. I never looked into it. Okay, so two women, both who were in their 30s. So I'm just going to say old enough to know better, just quietly. I don't know. They're in a mother's group on Facebook. <laughs> so these two women who are over the age of 30 uh, were members of a Facebook group for Northern Beaches Mothers, which yeah. is in Sydney. Yeah. It began with a post about the coronavirus where one of the women criticized the other about not going into quarantine after returning from Wuhan. So I think the backstory was is that she actually went there before the coronavirus outbreak. So she didn't actually have to be quarantined. Ah, yes. Like that dark guy who went to the GP for a coronavirus checkup because he was in China five years ago. <laughs> Why, did I run that ar- Why did I run that article? Why don't I use that one? There's a, there's a great article out there of, like, people going to the GPs for all the wrong reasons. If yeah. you're worried, okay. But, like, be reasonable about your worriedness. A guy in Queensland checked in for coronavirus because he ordered Chinese food. Okay. Coronavirus is not an excuse to be a racist fuckwit. I'm just going to say that. We had Chinese food since the virus outbreak. It was Chinese so good. <laughs> uh, we're going to go there again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, back to the story. Um, So, they got into this argument in this Facebook group about coronavirus and the argument escalated which is when the women agreed to meet in person now in my notes i have put why in capital letters because i'm like why the fuck would you do that why would you agree to meet a person from the internet that you are having an argument with what is wrong with you look they're already in a mother's group on facebook they clearly don't know better (sighs) i mean yeah pretty much just asking for trouble both of them agreed to meet and they both bought a friend for moral support because, I mean, good thing they did really because pretty much the meeting turned quickly to them beating each other. I think this person's got the coronavirus and I'm scared, so I'm going to go fight them in person where I'll be exposed to them. Well, it sounds like one of them, which I think is the person who was accused um, of not going into quarantine, that person kind of sounds like she thought that they would just be having a chat. Yeah. I don't know why she thought that, but it sounds she like She seems like the more reasonable person because she's like, no, I don't have the virus because I was there before it happened. Yeah. So, um, and it kind of sounds like the other person was the aggressor. Quote from the person who was being accused. They mentioned their first names, but I'm not going to use their names because this is not a great story, so whatever. The one who was accused said, she said, I'll pull your mouth off, which that's the weirdest... Insult, I think I've ever heard. I mean, How is that a threat? Aren't these meant to be like the upper classes of society as well? Yeah, like, I mean, Northern Beaches, man. It's a rich area. I'll pull your mouth off. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you do that? So, yeah, she said, I'll pull your mouth off. And I said, I don't want to waste my time with you, which is when she slapped me. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay, so then the woman who obviously got hit tried to defend herself. But the other woman snapped off a gold necklace she had on and it cut her neck. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. No, like, it, this is a bad fight. Like, this was not like... Does it cut her neck? This wasn't like two women just like trying to slap each other. Like, this was bad. Um, so I've got a statement from the Northern Beaches Police Area Command and it kind of goes through what happened to them. And I'm just like, what the fuck? This is over a Facebook group argument just keep that in mind as i read this out um i I still can't she's terrified of the coronavirus thinks this person has it still went to meet her and goes to fight them so this is the statement the argument quickly escalated from verbal to physical pushing slapping hair pulling and finally both on the ground briefly unconscious what all despite the efforts of the bystanders trying to intervene so they both unconscious it, it it says Briefly unconscious, it doesn't refer to one or the other. Okay. Both ended up in hospital, one needing a scan for a possible brain injury. What the fuck? And the other x-rays for a shoulder injury, as well as treatment for cuts, bruises, swelling up to their upper body and neck. God, they're mid-30-year-old women. They would have just been better off getting the bloody coronavirus. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, yeah, like, this is a serious 
fight that they had. Like it wasn't, do you know what I mean? So they've both since been released from hospital and one of the women has taken out a personal violence order. It didn't say which one, but I think we can probably assume I would assume it was the one who was attacked. Yeah, so... um, don't go and beat people up in the street just if they disprove you on the internet. arguing in mum's groups on Facebook, and then none of this would have happened in the first place. <laughs> my Kmart life hack's better than your Kmart life hack. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my fucking cubby thingy that everyone else has, but mine's the best. I mean, I'm a member of one women's group on Facebook, and that is bad enough. So, you know. Well, am I, member of any, I think I'm a member of, like, that corgi group. I mean, I feel like your groups are going to be much more wholesome than mine, because mine are all, like, true crime podcasts. And- yeah, no, I'm a member of, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the uh, Disapproving Corgis. Oh, yeah, I sent you that uh, one. <laughs> yeah, I uh, remember that. Uh, and then a couple of me, uh, they're not, like, you have, to, you have to join them anymore. Yeah, I don't really, I'm not really, a, like, any closed groups on Facebook. That's the only one, Disapproving Corgis. Yeah, no, I'm, like, a member of a couple of true crime podcasts. So when I open Facebook, I'm usually greeted with murder, whatever. Um, Just like when I open up a letter from my grandmother. <laughs> like when I sent her a happy birthday letter the other that day. That was disturbing. And she responds Not back lie. telling me about some dude I've never heard of who like got cancer and died. I don't know. Thanks, yeah. grandma. <laughs> She's always been a little bit more with that one. I think she, if she was born at a different time, she would have been full goth. She'd also be like all these women that listen to true crime now. Maybe. Probably. I should it's, tell her. She, it's like really- you know what? I should tell her. She'd probably love true crime podcasts. Cool. I don't know about crime. I think she prefers it when people just die. Oh, so she can tell someone about it? My yeah. nan does that too. I think it's an old person thing. Mm. Because like my nan will call me and she'll be like, do you remember this guy? Because he's dead now. And I'm like, um, no, I don't know who you're talking about. Is that about. just what happens when you're older? You got nothing else to do but talk I about people so. you knew who died and be like, I beat them. Well, like, you know, I grew up in Sydney, but my grandparents retired to Port Macquarie. And someone from, like, our hometown still calls her to let her know who died. (laughs) She calls her the death lady. (laughs) (laughs) So I think this is what, like, older people do. They just call each other when people die. Fucking hell. (laughs) Let's move on to our next story. Tell me a story. Tell you a story? Yep, tell me one. Right now. You want to hear it right now? Yep. The story is from Storm Gifford, which is a great name. Is that the person's name? That's apparently the person's name. Oh I, my I, god, I that checked. is so metal. I double checked, I'm like, Storm Gifford, I found more articles by a Storm Gifford, so they're a real person. I love it. Uh, from MSN, so I assume it's nine MSN here in Australia, isn't it? Yeah, I think nine owns MSN. Menacing bats swarming small Australian town. I love bats. These are fruit bats. Yeah, I love all bats. They're very cute. So Ingham, a Queensland town just north of Townsville. I'd look up where I was because I'd never heard of it. And no, it is not the hometown of the Ingham's Chicken Company. Do you remember? Sorry, this is so off topic. But do you remember the Ingham's ad that got pulled because it was offensive? No. So it was all like, if you don't like chicken, there's something wrong with you. Oh. And people actually called up and complained. Oh, probably vegans and vegetarians, I'd imagine. Or just people who don't like chicken. And so many people complained that it got pulled. Who doesn't like chicken that isn't a vegan or vegetarian? Yeah, I don't know. Everyone likes chicken. I think that was the joke of the ad, but people actually genuinely got offended by that. Calm down, people. (laughs) That was a while ago, but... I just remember, Ingham put the taste in your chicken. With flavors that just get your lips a licking. (laughs) Ingham. Yeah, I think they supply KFC as well, don't they? I think they do in Australia. Mm, mm. Ingham, they make chicken. But that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, that was we're a tangent. about the town of Ingham, <laughs> which is just north of Townsville, and it's getting swarmed by tens of thousands of fruit bats. Cute little bats. Uh, how many people do you think live in Ingham? It's north of Townsville, so I'm assuming not a lot. No, 4,300. So they're outnumbered by the bats by quite a bit. <laughs> Probably like three to one. Possibly Aww. more than that. Because they had tens of thousands. Yeah. So... They're outnumbered by these bats. So these bats are the taken up residence, mainly the botanical gardens, but there's also some hanging around schools and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the colony appears to be expanding. More bats. So what I feel like is happening is that the bats are basically going to kick the people out of the town. <laughs> well, I was thinking, because like, they're a small town, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about, uh, do you remember, you know Nauru, right? Nauru, the island? No. Where the detention centers are? No. Nauru? No. You don't know Nauru? No. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I don't know what you're talking about. The island nation of Nauru that Australia puts all their bloody inmates on, all the refugees that they don't want to take in. Oh, I didn't know the name of the island. Oh, well, it's a country as well. It's called Nauru. Oh, there you go. Uh, at one time, it was the richest country in the world. because and it's an island? island. It's a tiny island. Like, the island's fucked. It's fucked these days. Their only source of income is the Australian government, basically. Okay. Like... But they used to be one of the richest countries in the world, if not the richest, I think, because the island was covered in bird shit. Hang on, wait. How does bird shit equal money? Bird shit is guano. Guano 
which also is made out of bat shit, is worth a lot of money. Cause right. Get, it's like the island's like destroyed now because they harvested all the bird shit and there's none left. They cleaned it full. And like the, the, the terrain got destroyed from the removal of the bird shit and they used it all up and now they have no money. But like birds make shit. Like uh, th- th- that doesn't was, stop. This was like thousands of years of bird shit piled up. Oh, right. And there were, I don't know so, what it is in the guano, but like, yeah. So that's Nauru. So you're thinking that this, this town, town could use bat guano to the same effect. Okay. They got all these bats. Why not? Uh, but yeah, Nauru. It's kind of screwed. Tiny island. There's nothing to do on it now. There's no like land. There's a detention center. And everyone lives on the coast. So if the sea level rises, they're all just going to go. Well, I mean, most of Australia is going to be fucked if the sea level rises because we all live on the coast. So yay. Cool. Anyhow, back to our <laughs> bat story. Sorry. Bats. <laughs> Quite a local resident here, Adam Corilla. It's like a bat tornado over the town. A cute little bat. Uh, Adam is actually considering moving his two daughters from school over the bats. Oh, like it's that bad? It's bad. Uh, so the biggest concern they've got this town when it comes to these bats are the bites and scratches. And you're like, oh, bat bite or a bat scratch. No, no, they've got lysivirus. Yeah, lysivirus. Yeah. Which I'd never really heard of before, but it's a disease that's similar to rabies. Yes. And we have had three cases of it in Australia. There's also a vaccine though. So they should all be vaccinating themselves. I didn't know there was a vaccine, but all three cases that have ever occurred in Australia were fatal. Oh, really? I'm no, I'm I'm positive that there's a vaccine because like Doesn't vets and stuff fatal. usually get it. Mm. So, but who's had it? Like, I'm, it's not it's not I one was of those say, ones like, in childhood. No, no, no. It's not like one that we're all given or anything. It's more like if you work with animals, animals you'll have the vaccine and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, lysivirus. If you're not vaccinated for it, is very bad. Like you don't want it. It's important. All three people who've ever had it in Australia <laughs> have died. Don't yeah. get it. Stay away from the bats. Uh, and then I've also included a quote from his wife. Because I was just like, what? So his wife Suzanne has to say this. They're not stepping a foot in that ground until something is, we know that is, being done. Hang on, what? That was the like, weirdest <laughs> worded quote I think I've ever heard. Susan says, they're not stepping foot, I assume referring to their children stepping in the school ground. Right. In that ground until something is, we know that is, being done. Did they misquote her? Did they? Was that a typo? Did they just add some extra words in there for? I know? was just kind of like, yeah, small Queensland country town, maybe, or maybe she was really heavy, like Ocker accent. They didn't understand her. No, <laughs> I don't. Or she was like trying to think what she was trying to say halfway through the sentence and just repeated us. I- was there any punctuation in that quote? Yeah, they're not stepping foot in the ground until something is comma we know that is comma being done okay i still don't that doesn't sit right with maybe me. they're talking about getting the vaccine i don't know so the problem they're having though is that the bats are actually protected under queensland law so you can't just shoot them so the options are to use a noise smoke or light deterrent they are allowed they are effective however we mentioned before the colony is expanding right you can't use them on the bats when they're breeding supposedly there's debate whether or not that's law or not so they've got things they can do against the bats but they're not sure if they can use them because the bats are technically breeding so they can't use them by law but maybe they can and uh an old mate i'm just gonna read you this quote and i want you to guess what politician said it oh god there comes a point when i think breaking the law really becomes dogging it as we say in north queensland and i think that point has probably been reached he wears a big stupid hat. I was going to say, it was either Pauline Hanson or Barnaby Joyce. You're wrong. Really? It's Bob Catter. Oh my God. Bob Catter, <laughs> who I think was most remember these days for, of course, that great segue between gay marriage and people being eaten by crocodiles. Because they're totally related. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> a thousand blossom blues for all, but I'm not going to spend any time on it because every three months someone's getting torn apart by crocodiles in Queensland. <laughs> Look, he really just wanted to get the message out about the crocodiles, so he used gay marriage as a platform because everyone was interested to talk about the crocodiles. Bob, it's time to retire. (laughs) You're 74 years old. Just go. On the same (laughs) note, Barnaby Joyce, it's time to retire. (laughs) I think we need, like, lower the age of entry for Parliament and also, like, put a cap on it. I think, like, 70, get out. Um, Because any policy you you put in place, probably not really going to affect your life much anyway. Barnaby Joyce is in Queensland, right? He's the state rep for Queensland. Okay, because I was thinking, if I got that totally wrong... Oh, no, sorry, wrong, that's Bob Catter. Barnaby Joyce is part of the Nationals, and he just had a leadership spill to try and become the new leader, and no one supported him. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> is that Barnaby Joyce? I was going to say, just yeah, that is Barnaby Joyce. I just want to say for anyone who's not Australian who hasn't ever heard that name before, he was kind of forced to step down after it was found out that he was having an affair with a staffer and they're now married and they have two children together. He was vice president of Australia at one point, yeah. 
Prime Minister, sorry. Um, Yeah, he's now a national member. And I remember I told you about his New Year's Day message. It was Christmas Day message. That's so weird. That was a weird video. Yeah, I really think there needs to be like a a capstone on like how old you're allowed to be and still be in Parliament. (laughs) Or like maybe they need to have mental health checks or something because he just kind of seems, Barnaby Joyce said it just seems like he's off his rocker these days. Yeah, I don't know if he's all there with it. But I think like, I mean, the idea, I guess, of course, is that it's like throughout a touch, people won't vote for them, but clearly it's not. I'm so wrong. He's from Tamworth. I clearly have no idea. No, he's a senator for Queensland. Or he was. You was right. Right. Yeah, he was a senator for Queensland from 2005 to 2013. And now he's a national member. I think he's only a national member because... They got kicked out of the libs. That was all that would take him. He wanted to still be a politician. I mean, if you've done that all your life, what else could you do? Yeah. Stay on his farm and do weird Twitter rants. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what he does these days. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm really sorry, don't. I totally derailed your story. It's over anyway. Oh, it's over? It's my bad story, it's done. So everyone's just afraid that they're going to get Lissa virus and die? Yep. <laughs> okay, so it seems like your stories this week are really downbeat. <laughs> that's my last one. Mm, yeah, I picked my last one because I was like, that's a hilarious title. And then as I was going through the article, I'm like, hmm. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Great. Well, my next two stories are pretty silly, so... Good. Should be a nice balancing act. I mean, my next, my next headline's amazing. <laughs> If the acoustics just got better, it's because our ragdoll just walked in. And she, uh, she chonky. Uh- <laughs> It'd be funny if you're listening to it and, like, you can hear the moment she walks in the room. Okay. <laughs> it just gets slightly better. Okay, so luckily, well then, because we've already been going for a while, luckily my next story is a bit short. My next story is pretty quick. Um, so this one's about ghost. Is it going to make pots? What? Is it going to make pots? No. Isn't that what ghosts do? Okay, you're going to have to really explain this reference. The movie Ghost. Oh my god. <laughs> How did I not get that? I don't know. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> no. Pottery ghost. This this uh, this ghost seems um, a bit more traumatized than Patrick Swayze. Was that Patrick Swayze, was it? I haven't seen For it. real? I haven't seen the movie. Yes, Patrick Swayze is the ghost. Now he's a real one. Oh my God, this is Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I'm sorry. Unle- I mean, unless he's taking the form of a teenage girl in Macquarie Fields these days, I don't think so. But Maybe you get to re-roll your character when you become a ghost. How cool would that be? Well, it depends on where you get, I guess. Mm. Okay, do you know where Macquarie Fields is? Back in Sydney, isn't it? It is in Sydney. There was a bunch of riots there. Yes, I was, uh, so I was about to say. I, I is this a ghost from the riots? No, it's not. Aww. But I feel like... Macquarie Fields is a very small suburb, so I think the only way you would know it is if you remembered the riots. So the train station's haunted at Macquarie Fields. Fun. <laughs> it's not. I really want to go on a ghost tour. I've never been on one. I've been on one, but I was terrified the entire time. I want to go. Will you come with me? I did the... um. You did the manly the, one. The Yeah, the quarantine station. My sister did that. She said it was good. It, like, don't get me wrong. We did like the two-hour one, and it was really like spooky it was spooky but it was really cool like history wise Mm. like you know i learned a lot of things on that tour but i was also like trying not to wean myself the entire time because so many people have had like experiences there i'm like if anything touches me and it's not there i'm gonna just pee myself (laughs) um (laughs) so you okay (laughs) i liked the tour but i also didn't like it at the same time i want to go on a ghost tour but anyway if you live in melbourne and no good ghost tour please at me melbourne jail Hello. I don't want to get a prison. Or well, Melbourne Goal is one of my co-workers called it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, look, we're going off track. The story. It's a story? <laughs> There's a story that the train station is haunted at Macquarie Fields. Macquarie Fields is heading out towards Campbelltown, in case I didn't say that before. Is it a ghost train? Does it go boo-woo? Get out! <laughs> get out! Get out of this room or I'll yeet you out. Boo-woo! <laughs> Oh, that hurt I'm, try- my head. I'm trying to tell a serious story about a fucking ghost at Macquarie Fields. <laughs> oh my god. It's not a ghost train, it's just a girl. So apparently we have like loads of paranormal groups in Australia, and I'm like, why? We have no history. There's lots of history. It's just not recorded. Well, yeah. And it's not passed on anymore because it was all oral. I guess it's more like, why are you going to these buildings and stuff that are, like, not old? Do you know what I mean? Like, they're old by Australian standards, but yeah, we're like, what, the oldest buildings here are, like, 250 years at Yeah, most, so. like, do you know what I mean? I'm just like, why would Australia have an influx of paranormal investigators when... It's always, like, white ghosts as well. Exactly, that's what we're... I'm... I guess that's what I'm trying to say, like, white Australia history is very short. Yeah. And that's all that people investigate. So, (laughs) you know, like in America, you get the whole like ancient Indian burial ground trope. Yeah. Of like, we don't have that. Why isn't there like Mile Creek 
specters or something like where like some atrocities happen to like Aboriginal people. Why aren't they haunted areas? Yeah, exactly. It's very interesting. When you hear about hauntings in Australia, it's all like from white Australia history. Yeah. I feel like the Aboriginal ghosts would have much more reason to come back and be oh, upset. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. But we never hear them. I can't believe it. The news doesn't care about Indigenous living people and doesn't care about Indigenous ghosts. Look, I can't say I'm surprised. (laughs) Anyway, this ghost is also a white girl, so... Uh, A number of different paranormal groups believe that the train station is haunted by a teenage girl wearing blood-stained clothes. I've been to Macquarie Field Station many times in my life, and I used to live at Ingleburn. Um, Dude, I'm just going to quickly keep reading. uh, I've never heard this before, and... I've never seen anything. So there have been reports of hearing faint crying before an apparition appears, clutching her bloody chest and shrieking in terror. Oh, it's way down there out towards Campbelltown. I just said that. Yeah. But, you know, if you're a commuter that goes to Macquarie Field Station, like, don't worry. She only does this at night, like late at night when no one's really around. That's boring. She should do it in the day when people are actually there. Why do ghosts only happen at night? Because nighttime scares us. <laughs> With good reason. The dark's scary. Mind you, most of the weird things I've ever had happen to me have happened in daylight, so checkmate. <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other thing is that during the day, you're so distracted, there's so many other noises. Like, if a ghost was screaming, you probably wouldn't notice it. I don't know what a ghost scream sounds like, but... Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> If it's not loud enough, mm. you wouldn't hear it. So I remember there's a ghost screaming to it right next to us at the moment. We just, we just, the, the sound is also ghost, so yeah, I don't have ghost ears. I can't hear Me it. Me either. Um. It's my new TV show. We've had Ghost Whisperer. Now we're getting ghost ears. Okay, I'm just going to just keep. Dead people. Oh fuck! Oh no. <laughs> Okay, so uh, that's really the entire story, but I've got a couple of quotes um, from some groups that have investigated. So I've got a quote from Urban Ghost Media. Uh, some say they've seen her shrieking in terror at some unknown site, but others have reported that she simply sits in the middle of the tracks and cries and cries. Uh, some say they've noticed her staring at them. So it kind of sounds to me like there's been a few reports. But there's the only reason why she would be there. I mean, this is the thing. This article didn't even bother, like, researching if someone had died there. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell me. No, this this article was very lazy. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not going to say the author's name now because I'm criticizing them. I did get it from the Daily Mail, though. No research into whether, like, say, someone had been murdered there or there was an accident at some point. Nothing. I have no answers for you. Um, And then I've got another quote from Sydney Spirit Talkers, which who knew that was a thing, uh, saying that the ghost screams would begin and then get louder and louder. Which, honestly, that's terrifying. I would just run away if that happened and I was waiting for a train at night. Okay, there was someone who was hit by a train there a long time ago. Was it a teenage girl? No, it was a 42-year-old woman named Emily Hay Georgeson. She was killed on Saturday afternoon, 7th July, 1906. 1906? Yeah. Okay, I don't think it's her. But that's the only notable death anyone was able to find quickly looking up for Macquarie Field Station. Uh, Yeah, so I have no answers for you as to who this girl might be because... They didn't research it. Great. Good journalism. <laughs> I did more work than you did. Uh, sounds like it. And I just googled Macquarie ghost. Who is? <laughs> <laughs> Who May- is ghost? Maybe maybe it is her, but like uh, when she was a ghost, she was it made her younger. Maybe you get to choose what age you are as a ghost. Then why do the ghosts pick to be Victorian era? Maybe it's like a peer pressure thing. All the other ghosts. No, no, no. Started- I still think that's valid. Just because you get to choose what age you are as a ghost doesn't mean it would change how you dressed or what era it was. Mm, true, I guess. But like, why do all the ghosts always Victorian era ghosts? Anyhow, yeah, I don't know. Don't have any answer for that one. I've lost my story. I found my story. Sorry, that story is a bit of a shit show. There yeah. was so many tangents. <laughs> that's a lot longer than I remember. Oh, that's right, because I want to know. There's a bit of a tangent in this one. So I was like, I don't know, really know what that is. So I've got a little bit of a Wikipedia lesson for us all here. Oh, excellent. <laughs> all right, my last story this evening, recorded this afternoon at 3 p.m. Oh, God, 3 p.m. I'm going to eat a donut after this. Uh, this article comes from WA Today, which is rolls off the tongue very nicely. Good name it for really the newspaper. Does. I like it. Uh, but they gave no credit to the journalists, so fuck them. Fuck you, WA Today. <laughs> Yeah. But also, we're using your material, so thank you. Yay. <laughs> WA sex offender, or if you want to read it literally, wah, sex offender, who cut off tracking device because he was bored, jailed indefinitely. Um, thank fuck for that. I was like, jailed indefinitely. 
What, does that mean that they could potentially change their mind at some point? Well, he's got to go through a process, but we'll get into it. A cognitively impaired, dangerous sex offender who cut off his tracking device because he was bored and went on an unmonitored for almost five hours has been jailed indefinitely again in Western Australia. Good. So our perpetrator tonight, stop saying that, is Leon Patrick. So they were declared a dangerous sex offender in October 2017. Uh, Over three serious crimes over four years, plus other offences and in inverted commas with sexual overtones. Maybe that's like flashing or something? Who knows? Uh, He was released last year in May with 54 strict conditions he had to follow. Jesus. Including curfew and an ankle bracelet. So they were worried about this guy. So three months later, he cuts off the device with a pair of scissors. So they're not even hard to get off. And he used a chair to climb over a fence. So I don't know if he was like in a monitor Maybe he was like, uh, like a home detention sort of thing? I don't know. But for some... That's what I'm saying. Anyway, he uses a chair, climbs over a fence, and he goes to a place called Wellington Square in East Perth. I don't know if I've been there or not. I have been to Perth. Uh, to find a woman to have sex with. Were they at least over age? Well, thankfully, he didn't get that far. Okay, good. So his location was unknown for almost five hours. And then he says he ran when the police arrived. So I don't know if they realized he was gone and then the police managed to find him. Or if he was walking around, he saw some police, they saw him, and then he ran. And they're like, well, that's suspicious. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because it doesn't sound like our poor mate Leon here has much in the way of an education. Yeah. So they quickly re-arrested him. And they asked him, what were you doing? And he said, I did it because I was bored. I think you need a better excuse. So do I. But I also, like, I feel like he kind of got a bit let down with the system as well. So we'll get into it. I um, have trouble feeling sorry for him. Understandable. I get it. He's a sexual predator. Like, Yeah. I get it. So Patrick, this is quoting a Justice Lindy Jenkins here. Patrick is a cognitively impaired, socially disadvantaged young man. Uh, so that's what she said. Advising the court, he had a rough childhood involving fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and violence. Oh, now, I didn't know what fetal alcohol spectrum disorder really was. And to explain it badly, your mum drinks while you're pregnant and then you're drunk for the rest of your life. Like, it affects your brain, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So, here's my Wikipedia exploit. Fetal alcohol spectrum disorder are a group of conditions that can occur in a person whose mother drank alcohol during her pregnancy. Problems may include abnormal appearance, short height, low body weight, small head size, poor coordination, low intelligence, behavioral problems, and problems of hearing or seeing. Those affected are most likely to have trouble in school, legal problems, participate in high-risk behaviors, and have trouble with alcohol or other drugs. The most severe form of the condition is simply known as fetal alcohol syndrome. I also noted, because I thought it was interesting, people with fetal alcohol syndrome have facial characteristics. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so small eye openings, facial features, small openings, a smooth philtrum, which is that little input oh, yeah. dent above your lip and nose, and a thin upper lip. Interesting. Hmm. Didn't know that. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. That's why I included it. Yeah, okay. So we're done learning a few alcohol syndrome for now. I'm going to find out what happened to Leon. So his serious crimes were all committed before the age of 19, while he was still living in that home situation. Okay. Uh, once he was out on house arrest, he was only... So he spent between the age of 19 and 24, he spent four months outside of prison. Jesus. So, I mean, I did a lot during that time. I think there were great, some great years of my life. He got out of that and he spent in prison. Uh, once he was out on house arrest, they put him in a home in Perth, which is not where he was from, and he was away from family and friends. So, so like they've the- taken a guy who probably could use some support, let him out of prison with all these conditions, and then stuck him on his own somewhere where he doesn't know anyone. And he's like, I did it because I was bored. I'm starting to see like, okay, maybe they should have like, they could have done something better. I mean, it's he still not broke an, the law. As I say, it's not an ideal situation, no. but he's still a bit shit. Yeah. Well, even <laughs> Lindy goes on to say uh, Patrick had flagrantly disregarded the terms of his release. But yeah, like plenty of people go through shitty situations, abusive parents, yeah. terrible things happen to them, and they don't go out and hurt people. Yeah, like, I you think, know what I mean. Yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, also he's got a bit of a disorder. Yeah. Which is, again, not helping his case. But yeah, I'm he's sure there are plenty of other people that have it that don't yeah. hurt I feel them. bad for him in the fact that like, that was all beyond his control, but also at the same time, it's like, well, it's his own fault now. Yeah. yeah I I'm glad he's not out kind of thing. Um, so because of all this, he's been sentenced to the mandatory minimum of one year prison for the breaches of parole. After that, he's going to be subject to a continuing detention order, which means he must be under review, which will determine whether or not he can go back on house arrest, hence why he's in prison indefinitely. Yeah, okay. For at least a year. Justice Jenkins said there was a responsibility to educate, guide, and provide services to Patrick to ensure he's not incarcerated for the rest of his life. And I agree with that, but... I think the thing is, like, I, I okay, like maybe, like... It's one of these ones where it just sort of keeps slipping through. Yeah. And they really need to do something about it. Like, some of those, like, serial killers you tell me about your... Well, he's not a serial killer. Well, They always yeah. keep slipping through, they slip through, they slip through, and then they kill, like, 30 people or whatever. And whatever, whatever. <laughs> well, like, I mean, that's actually not that common with serial killers. 
But I mean, there are plenty of people who just uh, slip through. Who do? They yeah. they slip through and then they commit an awful crime and then all of a sudden they're in jail forever. Depending on the crime, obviously, I don't think jail forever is really a solution. Obviously, depending on the crime, if they're really a danger to society at large, yeah. then obviously they to, should to stay me, in prison. To me, it sounds like Patrick would need a lot of help and work before he's but That's the thing. It's more the like whether can they be rehabilitated. Yeah, moving on from that story. <sighs> okay, so my last story. After all of your depressing ones. <laughs> Jesus. I'm Are sorry. You okay? Like, what's yeah. going on with you today? Maybe something happened to my brain when I did the lobotomy. Well, maybe it's just that, like, your head's a bit sore, so you're not feeling the best, and you're like, oh. these ones well, appeal to me. me. I had some other stories, and I was like, I can't use these. They're not in the states that I'm usually doing. But then I was like, we've kind of disregarded that today, and I could have used them. <laughs> I had a story about penguins. That would have been so much, like, nicer. Look forward to that later. <laughs> I will use it. I um I, I did some research uh, this morning while you were still asleep about what stories like that I could do in the future and stuff and I don't know found a good like a couple of conspiracy theories which I'm pretty excited to actually research. Okay. I've got a really interesting one. I mean, I found it. I know other people would, but about like ancient Aboriginal art theft off the northwestern coast of Tasmania okay. and how it's like lost in the black market. I was about to say, why would that be a black market thing? But you know what, you can answer that when you do it. I mean, black market art mm. trade. Okay been sitting on my to-do list for a long time my last story it um it kind of ties back to a story that i've already done oh so i had one of those back in the pilot episodes that we never released (laughs) this is another big cat okay i did the lithgow panther this one is the hunter valley panther (laughs) same shit different location no but this is really recent okay so we've got a number of sightings from january this year oh you know we discussed in the Penrith. That uh, I think they've just died out. That they yeah. were there and now the government survey's like, well, we can't see any evidence now. They're gone. Exactly. But so they've moved to the Hunter Valley. Or maybe they've been those ones that are just doing a little better than the Lithgow ones. I that don't know. That is possible, I suppose. Uh, so on January 1, Beth Fraser spotted what she describes as a puma-sized cat on her property in New South Wales Hunter Valley. Uh, she lives on the outskirts of Maitland. So there's a lot of farmland and that kind of thing out there. She wasn't able to get any closer than about 120 meters before the large animal sense she was there. So I do have a video to show you because she did take a video with her phone, but it's really zoomed in and it's not the not the greatest quality. How convenient. Well, if you see a cat that's the size of a puma, I don't think you want to get that close. So I get it. However, I'm pretty unconvinced by the footage. You're just going go to go up to the bag of friskies. and The video basically shows the cat sitting on a fence. That's a regular cat. That's just a big cat. It's honestly hard to tell because I have no sense of how that, big's the fence. That just looks like a really big black feral cat. Like It yeah. looks like Pixie when she sits on things, but bigger. But the thing is, the video's from far away, so it's hard to tell how how big is the fence. What's the... What's the word I'm looking for? You need a banana for scale? Yeah, like what's the scale of that cat? Because at a distance, it just looks like a black cat. So, I don't know... I don't really know what to think. The footage isn't great. I feel like it's very inconclusive. And yeah, you just can't tell how big it is because it's so far away. I knew they had like binoculars and then you could get the binocular, point at the cat, put your phone on the other end of it. <laughs> I'm not totally convinced by the footage, to be totally honest. But again, too hard to tell. I don't know. It's too far away. I can't tell how big the cat is. That just looks like a cat to me. Um, I think it's a feral cat. They get big. But I've got a quote from her. Well, it's as big as a puma. I've got a quote from her, and she said, you look at it, and you look at the proportion of the size of the animal to the post it's sitting on, and you go, holy cow. You know what? It was 100 or so meters away, but that is a large animal. And I'm still very convinced that it's a very large cat. But of what variety, I have no idea. So she's convinced that it's not just a feral cat. Mm. And I guess she would know her own fence. And she knows how big the fence is, so she would be able to know what the proportion of that is and how big the cat is. And she's convinced it's a very large cat. The New South Wales Department of Primary Industries, which I'm going to refer to as the DPI, upon receiving the report of the large cat, is conducting an investigation. Okay. So they believe... What she's saying, it sounds like. Bev is pleased that the sighting is being taken seriously as she feeds for the safety of her two little sausage dogs. Oh, I mean, a big cat would easily... I feel like Poppy would oh, be yeah. a sausage dog in a fight. Oh, yeah, she would. Yeah. And <laughs> she's just a ragdoll. Thankfully, she's too dumb to attack anything. She's but... finally lost some weight. She's under seven kilos again. <laughs> but we were wrangling her to give her medicine the other day. She's fucking strong. She's strong I'm cat. telling you, not all that's fat. No, there's some muscle on that cat. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, this is our bulky-ass cat. Yeah. 
She's she's chonky. She on a nothing but protein diet. No, seriously. Like when I was holding her and her back legs were kicking at me, she's so fucking strong. It was ridiculous. And that's a seven kilo rag doll. She lifts some weights (laughs) in the back room right now, actually. She's at the front. Yeah, I would be worried if you had a little dog too. Yeah, so she's she she said in the article that she I mean that cat's just thinking hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to keep going from here. Um, I give up. All right. Well, if you don't even like this. Okay. So, yeah, she did say in the article that she's quite worried about letting her dogs outside now. Fair enough. You know, I was a little too close to her backyard or her immediate backyard for comfort. Um, So I I get that. Um, She's also confirmed that an exotic animals officer will be planning a visit to her property soon. So, like, they are. They're taking this very seriously. Mm -hmm. Fair. Okay. So I have to assume that because they're taking it seriously, there is some basis for them to do it. Either they believe the footage or they believe her. Or it's not the first sighting. Or they've got nothing else to do. Or that. I'm assuming, I'm assuming they have a lot of shit to do, but whatever. So did you know that there's a thing that is called the Australian Big Cat Research Group? We have that many big cat sightings that that exists. Okay. I'm serious though. How can you have so many big cat sightings and there not be a big cat? Big wild Domestic cats. Okay. So Kevin, who is the founder of that group, um, has reviewed the footage and he suspects it may just be an oversized feral cat, but it's hard to tell without reference for how big the fence post actually is. I'll give him that. He even said she should have measured the post (laughs) and then posted that information information as well to give some kind of like reference for how big each thing is. So a quote from him, unfortunately it's inconclusive, but I think certainly a very, very big cat and Bev was right in thinking it was worth recording yeah i mean certainly because even if it is just turns out that it's just a wild feral cat that's a problem for the local wildlife in the yeah, area absolutely. Anyway. so that's probably why the government department is like well we might as well look into it because if there's wild cats in the area well we exactly even if it's not like a panther or a puma or whatever it's still a problem if there's a cat that big out there running around even if it's just a feral cat it doesn't matter because she said that it looked like it was sitting on top of the fence post because it was hunting something it was watching something i mean cats just sit like when we open up the blind a moment she'll move up there and sit much the same way on the windowsill but are you hunting pixie <laughs> i mean you can definitely tell the difference between when a bird gets a cat's attention outside a window versus them just looking out the window do you know what i mean so to her it seemed like she was, it was definitely watching something so either way if you've got a big feral cat out there hunting shit you kind of need to deal with that as well. Don't worry about the little sausage dogs. Yeah. Because, I mean, a big feral cat could take on a sausage dog as well. So, um, off topic again, but uh, have you seen Fort Rupp No, I haven't seen the movie. Did you ever read the comics? Yeah, of course. Oh. Where do you think I'm from? <laughs> well, yeah, cat. Like, it's a massive fucking cat. That's why... Oh, fuck. What's the name of the main dog? It's dog, isn't it? It's just dog. Dog, yeah. It's I, like dog and cat. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think the dog does have a proper name, but they always just call it dog. dog and yeah. And he wants to hear his name. It's like a woman's name or something like that at the time. Yeah. So, like, that's why dog's so afraid of the cat. Like, yeah, it's exactly like that. Or the cat from Harry McClary. I never read those. They had the cat. His name was Scarface Claw. They're all scared <laughs> of him. Even Hercules Morse, and he was as big as a horse. Oh, well, I mean, I did live with someone at one point that had a staffy cross ridgeback, and it was a big dog, and it was afraid of Pixie, so... Yeah, Pixie's a bad bitch. She liked four kilos. That thing was like 20. She's still a bad bitch. <laughs> we watched that Harley Quinn movie last night. She weighs like four kilos. <laughs> she still kicked all those other dudes. I think she's probably a bit more than four, but... Okay. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> Harley Quinn's not, like, roiding out or anything like that. No, that's true. After reading Bev's initial report of a large cat, it inspired a second person to come forward with their own sighting, who lives about 30 kilometers from her property. <laughs> so this man, he said that he saw a cat the size of a puma as he drove home from dinner, a quote from him. So it was a very big creature, and its movement was cat-like, but it certainly wasn't a domestic cat. Yeah, it's probably a feral cat. So that makes me think, maybe there's been a lot of sightings of this Hunter Valley panther, and that's mm. why they're investigating it. Probably like, sick of these people calling me, might as well go out and have a look. <laughs> Fair enough. That's it. That's the entire story. But yeah, I mean, oh, who who was it? Someone was saying to me, fuck, pretty sure it was uh, our friend, friend of the pod, Ficken, was telling me that apparently his area has their own panther as well. Up in, I don't even know that region of Melbourne. I don't want to say the name of the town. I think it is a bit of an urban legend as well. But I don't know. I just think there's too many sightings to be totally unfounded. I think it is just the thing. It's either that it is like an urban legend and everywhere has their own version of that urban legend, or it's just that there was a problem way back when, when there was an exotic animal trade, when there were circuses letting shit, that was 
traveling and letting shit go all the time. So they really are all over Australia. Mm, could be. Could be either one. We'll probably never know the actual answer to that. Nope. <laughs> Why are you being weird? So <laughs> it can be. Okay, let's wrap this shit up because... We've gone well over time. We've we gone well like, over time. Oh, we've struggled to get uh, like an hour this week and here we are at one minute. One minute. One minute. <laughs> Here we are at a different time that'll probably not reflect the length of the video because it'll be edited. It's also not a video. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) What? We are not recording. Thought I was on TV. (laughs) If you'd like to submit stories that you'd like us to cover on the podcast or give us some feedback, which we finally had some feedback. We have. People have given us feedback. Give us more. Thank you very much. I enjoy it. Uh, Or anything at all, really, you can email us at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. That's fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, as always, at fuckmedeadpod. Post episodes, links to our stories there, other things like that. I posted a link to a story today from England, because that's where I get... I sort of like... The podcast is mainly about Australian stories, but far out. There's some funny news in the rest of the world. It's about a millionaire who's like, oh, I'll fix the homeless problem in England by having them sleep in two wheelie bins I glued together. Because he was trying to make a car out of a wheelie bin, for some reason. And is this like how he just motorized eskies and stuff? I don't know. And he was like sitting in it, or lying in this wheelie bin, and he's like, it's quite comfortable, actually. <laughs> I, homeless people can sleep in this. I don't know where they're meant to get the bins. Still costs a hundred pounds apparently, so I wouldn't say it's affordable for a homeless person. But. Plus, like, isn't that a bit offensive to the homeless person? Here's a bin you get can sleep in. Get the bin, you disgusting cretin, and then get in my factory. Probably. I mean, that's a little bit what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, England. Yeah. First thing it's like the industrial revolution all over again. Um, what else? We got here. All this information, episode notes. Find us on our website, fuckmydeadpodcast.com. See our faces. You can also see our faces on Twitter, probably. I mean, our faces aren't on the podcast um, website, Twitter, but... They're on the website. They're on the website, which also links to our personal Twitters, if you care Mm. about what we get up to, which, I mean, it's... Mine's not that interesting. I'm just (laughs) tweeting at friends and reposting shit anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And you can subscribe if you like. We are on anything that'll run a podcast, from what I understand. Yep. Pretty much. So if you've got a podcast app, we're probably on it. It's probably how you're listening to this right now. <laughs> exactly. But if you're like, oh, I wish this was on something else because I prefer something else. Well, we're probably there. I was going to say, it's like, I don't really like Apple Podcasts personally. I personally prefer Spotify. We're on both. I use both. Spootifoo and Apple. But I only use Apple for like hardcore history. And Spotify, That's on Spotify. Yeah, it is, isn't it? We'll see. <laughs> Look, it's not a problem I have to worry about for another six months anyway. Right, Given true. their release schedule. <laughs> good work, though. If you're interested in history, go check out Dan Collins' Hardcore History Podcast. It's really not good. Not spun, just enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I just really enjoy it. Okay, is that it? That'll be it. Okay. That's a wrap. Woo! Bye! Boo-woo! Boo-woo! <laughs>